0: Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding, and I have a special guest today, Gabriel Freeman, who I think we met, I don't know, gosh, three, four years ago, back in the uh, where you were on the Your Super side, and I was obviously on the Elevar side and helping with just some data foundation. Thanks for jumping on. I'll let you share your skill set and all that, but just for the audience to tee it up, we're going to go deep into data warehousing pulling data into a data warehouse, how to set Google Sheets on top of it, start extracting insights, setting up the automation. If you're just listening right now, there's a video portion too, as we'll be getting into some screen share. But before we dive into the weeds, Gabriel, thanks for hopping on. Do you want to give a quick intro for everybody?
1: Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Brad, for having me. And um, yeah, we met working at your super, and that was already some years ago, but um, here we are. My name is Gabriel Freeman, and I'm the founder of GLF Analytics. Our company helps you get an instance of a data warehouse set up. We also help you set up automated reporting on top of the warehouse. The automated reporting is built on a custom data model that we help develop. And then ultimately, the main goal of all of this is to get to the point where we're developing insights, setting up tests for your company, and trying to drive growth and change for the business and that can be a number of different things for different businesses but um the end goal is important like all the warehousing stuff's fun and cool and but ultimately we're trying to like find good insights and, and drive meaningful um, change for the businesses
0: yeah I would imagine I know you're uh, busy these days especially with the mass migration of ga4 which is enabling bigquery usage and previous episode last year Ron from rockerbox we went pretty deep in the weeds on data warehousing and such uh more so on how it's a, a field that we just see it's going to really explode over the next five years as people just want to do more of their data. Automation becomes obviously much faster, easier, cheaper, etc. So I'm excited for you to, to come on and share some of your expertise. All right, so before we get into the some of the weeds and the visualizations, let's just start with the basics. So obviously, many customers and many of our customers listen to this they are historically used to using universal analytics and using the the ui in there they may use other tools like audacity or triple whale Northbeam, beam etc as you get into attribution and then we have other customers that are doing more of their own data warehousing and building their own visualizations based on your experience what are just some of the foundational questions that people are coming to you and your team to try to answer that they either aren't able to answer themselves today or they just don't have the trust in some of the data that they're looking at.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, you can imagine you're an e-commerce brand and you're trying to grow. You have a lot of um, ideas of how to make that happen. Um, And you have data across all sorts of different data sources that are giving you information on how your marketing efforts are doing, how your finances are. So the questions that brands come to our company to answer are all around how can we use this data to make sound decisions, to affect whatever our goals are. A lot of times that's marketing. Definitely think it's important to preface, there's all kinds of ways that you can get your insights set up. You can just go into the instance of Google Analytics and look at the UI and you can see data and you can make decisions. I think each brand needs to decide what's best for them. When a brand comes to us, typically they're having all sorts of custom requests from the managers going down all the way down to the team saying, hey, like we're running a series of podcasts across a number of different codes, and we want to know how many new customers are uh, coming in from these podcasts, how many returning customers are coming in from these podcasts. And then specifically for the new customers, how many of them are being retained? What are their LTVs over their lifetime? And so by setting up a data warehouse, we're able to really customize the analysis that they want to do based on the different initiatives that they're running. And then you get the automated reports up. So within the next day or next week or however often they want to optimize. They can be a lot quicker to make those decisions to zero in on what's working and then cut whatever isn't working. And that's one example of a question. We get all sorts of different tests that people are running that they want feedback on. And so in this warehouse, we can really customize the views
0: that help them analyze those, the results of their marketing campaigns. And when you say tests, these are more marketing tests, so testing either individual podcasts or testing influencers or different channel marketing channels, etc.?
1: Yeah, all kinds of different marketing channels. You know, you have your paid channels, you advertise on Meta, Google Ads, TikTok. And then, yeah, there's all kinds of different podcast advertising people are doing. One of our brands is is testing um, an initiative where they give out sample packs, which are a lot lower than the regular price point. Um, and then with those sample packs, they want to then ultimately convert them into paying customers. So how can we use the codes that they're using or the orders that they're using on these sample packs and then measure those customers' And their retention rates and all sorts of different customer segments related to that kind of like initiatives yeah there's all kinds of different
0: channels that people are using to acquire customers now those two examples we know you can't really get those out of universal analytics correct just primarily because it's anonymous and there's no way to connect that post-purchase and 30 60 90 120 days down the line in that behavior
1: yeah, exactly. That that usually comes out of the sales data, which most companies are using Shopify. There are a couple other platforms people use, but I'd say it's ninety five percent are using Shopify to um, get that data. Yeah.
0: Okay. So marketing, just general marketing mix measurement, and just running different tests and seeing lift tests uh, across channels. You mentioned Shopify data set as being one. So what are some other primary data sets that you are pulling into this warehouse to help build that foundation to extract these answers from?
1: Yeah. So uh, we pull in all sorts of marketing channels. So we pull in Google ads, meta ads, TikTok, influencer, affiliate. You might consider analyzing that data in this warehouse on its own, but a lot of times the power really comes when you combine all these data sets together. So now you can pull the spend from all of those channels and measure that against the revenue on Shopify. And now you're using five or six different data sources, putting it all into one table and you can get a really good accurate measure of your CAC or your ROI and stuff like that. So yeah, the power really comes, yes, there's the individual analysis per each data set, But then when you combine them all together, you really unlock the ability to
0: customize those metrics that are really important to e-commerce businesses. Yeah. So you mentioned pulling cost in and potentially overlaying that with new customer acquisition and just total revenue. If we go layer deeper, are there any other connections that you're making from any of the data that you're importing from Meta, Google Ads, TikTok, etc.? Or is it fairly that, that high level cost data?
1: Yeah. So, um you can start to build your custom attribution models. And there's all kinds of ways to do attribution. And I think that's another area where like, you kind of have to find what works for your brand because there's all kinds of tools, all kinds of ways to do it. But what's really nice, you have, let's say, um, you have all those different data sources I listed in your data warehouse and you have Google Analytics. So now you can build one report that shows how many conversions are coming from each channel based on what the channel is reporting. And then you pull in the Google Analytics data and you look at what Google Analytics is telling you. And then you can compare and then you can start to say that on average, our over attribution is X amount. Per month. And there's all kinds of different things you can do without having all of these data sources in one place to start to understand which channels are actually driving the impact that you think they're driving. And as we all know, that sometimes these channels are very um, generous in the way that they like to attribute their own conversions.
0: Yeah. So I'll, I'll ask the question that some might be wondering, just thinking to themselves if they're listening to this. So, Ken, if you have the, your Shopify order and you know it's brad at godelvar.com is the customer or the email, or maybe my Shopify customer ID. Are you able to match that back to any data that you're getting from Facebook, like, oh, Brad, clicked this ad or looked at this ad in meta and do that reconciliation within your process? For the most part, no.
1: What you can do is in Google Analytics, you can say, um, what was the last click that you came into on the website before you purchased? And then we can tie that back into the Shopify data. Yeah. But that's about as detailed as I'm getting, at least on my end. And if other people have other things they're doing, that would be yeah. good to know about.
0: <laughs> yeah. Facebook is not giving you meta at some point I'll remember to to stop saying Facebook and say meta, but you're not getting the, all right, here's the ad, here's the ad click, here's the, even the Facebook click ID or the FPP, that unique user parameter. You're not getting that from your data set from meta and able to blend that back.
1: No, I'm not. And yeah, I don't
0: think that we're getting more lenient on privacy. I think we're going the opposite way. I think we're getting more, more private. Yeah. Okay. Just I want to ask that question just to make sure everyone was on the uh on the same page here. Visualization versus insights. So uh, when I hear data warehouse, it sounds really scary, complex, complicated. Where does the visualization versus the insights, where's that balance fall when you're working with your customers and you've built these out, built these some of the automated reports you mentioned? If you could just talk through that and then we'll uh, we'll get the screen share going.
1: Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of different levels to what people feel comfortable with. So on the more technical side, when you work with us, you're getting an out of the box data warehouse and these data models. You now own these data models and you can kind of have your analysts go in there and build SQL on top of what we're um, giving you. That's on the more technical side. On the opposite end of the spectrum, you have end users that want a really nice looking report that has insights that says, hey, this is doing X, Y, and Z, and we might wanna consider as a result, testing this, this, and that. And then there's the whole spectrum of in-between. I do think most of the clients that I work with are really like somewhere in the middle. I do most of the SQL work. The analysts on my team do most of the SQL work. And then there's some clients that are really building some of their own reports and what's really nice about building the reports the way that we do is we get them all the way into Google Sheets, automated, and a lot of people know how to use Google Sheets in a pretty like sophisticated way, so they can build the models that they want to analyze the data on top of our Google Sheets model uh, reports, and that allows them to really minimize the amount of time they're going into the platform, pulling CSVs, dropping it into Google Sheets, and then building. So we're kind of eliminating that process. So. On top of all the insights that we're generating and helping the businesses grow that way, we're also saving them time in terms of pulling data, manipulating data. We kind of aim to cut out as much of that as possible where we can.
0: Yeah. At the end of the day, if we go back to that samples example of, okay, what's the long term? result or or performance of this exercise. You're not necessarily forcing someone to go log into BigQuery and run their own queries and start extracting data. You're essentially attaching Google Sheets or some other visualization on top and exposing the almost like segments where you have the sample purchasers versus non-purchasers and then revenue, LTV, repeat purchase timeframe, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah.
1: For this particular example, I have it boiled down into one slide. So if you can imagine all the work that goes in for all the SQL code, all the other like things that go in the background, it's one Google slide that has the view of this sample code, has this many new customers that were, this many were retained and this is their LTV and this is the CAC. And it's all and one pretty slide for the end user. And then the customers come to me and they say, hey, like this is super nice. Like, Let's do more of this. And then they think it happens really
0: fast. But there is some behind the scenes work that <laughs> takes it to get there. Yeah, and I think this is it's a good point to make and just call out that you could spend weeks and hours and hours and hours and hours just digging, just logging into your different data sets and Google Analytics, et cetera, and just try to just find things. But if you flip that, and like you were sharing the example of start with what questions are you trying to answer or what goals do you have is your goal is just we want to acquire new customers only versus we want to be super profitable if you start with those first and then build your reporting spend that time building the reporting around that is just in my experience is going to be much more fruitful versus blank slate let's just Let's just open up Google Analytics and a couple other data sets and just start exploring. Sometimes that can be fun, but you might end up a couple hours later thinking like, where the hell did my time go? I don't have any actual insights to act on. A hundred percent. Yeah. The more focused you can be, the better your results are going to be. Okay. So next up, let's get into tools and connecting data and starting to go through some BigQuery examples. Let's get the screen share going. Sounds good.
1: All right. So I've got a couple of slides and then we'll get into a sample. So how to build a data warehouse, and this is something that a lot of people could do on their own if they wanna take the time to learn. It's fairly technical, but there's a lot of tools now that kind of make it so less technical people can kind of build a data warehouse. So in terms of the data stack, this is where you start. You start with a data transfer. I use Stitch. I've also used Vivetran. Stitch is a little bit cheaper. Um, They both work great. What these tools do is they take the data from, let's say, Shopify, for example. They take it from Shopify and they drop it into your data warehouse for you on an automated schedule. It's a no-code tool. So it's just uh, press a couple buttons. You choose which data you want. And then it'll be sending the data from Shopify to your data warehouse within a matter of like an hour or two. And you can set it to send the data every hour, every six hours. I set it on a 24-hour cadence. Every 24 hours, send me the new data. Most brands are looking at their data on a daily basis. Yeah. Data manipulation. So the, the data arrives into BigQuery. And from there, that's where you do all the SQL work. You create your data model and you ultimately try to get it down to a couple of base like really good tables that have your orders data is one, a common one. And then another one might be like your line items, like what products are people purchasing? There's a lot of other tables you're going to build, but the less tables you can have as like for the end users, the better. And you can condense a lot of information into a couple of tables if you're efficient. And then finally, you have your data visualization. I have Google Sheets in here. Google Data Studio is very easy to connect. Um, when you're in the Google ecosystem, you have Google Sheets, you have Google Data Studio, you have Looker, and you can go straight into Google Slides. And then you don't have to use Google tools. BigQuery connects with all kinds of tools, Tableau, Metabase,
0: Power BI, like you name it. Are you pulling in GA4 as a data transfer? So are you doing that, the link of connecting GA4 into BigQuery? Yes.
1: And I actually use Stitch or Fivetran to send that on an automated basis. I'm sure there's all kinds of ways you can get the data from GA4 into BigQuery that are not through these tools. But these tools make it really easy to get it on that automated basis in a really quick and efficient way. And, um, you know, if you set up an API call, essentially by using one of these tools, if that API call fails, you're paying this tool to now have all their developers and their engineers go in and fix it. And they really are pretty reliable. But if anything does break, it's like you kind of have that extra layer of protection because it's in these companies' best interest to make sure the data gets from
0: point A to point B every day. Based on your experience so far, what are your biggest differences that you're seeing from previously ingesting universal analytics data to now ingesting GA4? Is it unlocking? Is it making things easier for you? Unlocking new visualizations or reporting that you can do? Or too early?
1: I would say... Too early to tell. I would say largely it's just kind of a learning curve for myself and for brands of like, hey, how is this different? How are the metrics calculated? That You know, there's just like this new understanding that needs to be developed. But um, I think it's a little early to tell like how much more effective it is. But yeah,
0: there's definitely like a little bit of a learning curve for all of us. All right. So we got it. Data visualization. Now we're getting to data transfer.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if you want to get the data from, let's say Shopify is the example, into the warehouse. You have to create a basic instance of a data warehouse. And I have links on these if uh, many of you wanted to access these, but it's, it's pretty straightforward. You just go into Google BigQuery, type it into Google, you get there and you create A very basic instance of a data warehouse, you have to enable billing, you put your credit card in there. They give you like 180 days of free data usage. Over time, those costs, like once the free trial ends, then there are costs associated with storing data and running these queries, but it's relatively low for the brands that I work with.
0: What's the cost? Like what's the average monthly cost for, uh, a don't know, 20 plus million brand? I mean usually like, it can go up to $100 a
1: month, but like yeah. a lot of times it's lower. I've seen it at like 30 to $50 a month. Um, and again, it all depends on how often you're running the queries and how much data you have. But yeah, it's usually under $100 a month for the BigQuery portion. So yeah, you create an instance of BigQuery yeah. and then you have to sign up for a free account with Stitch. Stitch is, or five right? in this particular example, I'm using Stitch. Um, and once you get all those systems set up, it should take you like, I don't know, a couple hours, maybe less. You get into Stitch and this is what it looks like. For Shopify, you now have the option to just click any of these tables, and then it'll start transferring it to the warehouse within a matter of—I really think like an hour later. I usually see the data showing up in the warehouse. It's always like really magical. <laughs> yeah, in my
0: experience. And those listening that aren't seeing the visuals, so these table, the sh- these are Shopify tables. So there's the order tables, there's the product data, there's abandoned checkouts, meta fields, location data. So if you have multiple locations, customer tables, anything else that stands out that you would typically sync
1: yeah i mean the more the better the orders data has a lot of it but yeah all the ones you mentioned are important and it's interesting if you go into shopify in the ui and you pull one of those reports um sometimes i can't find the fields in there that are available in here so this really unlocks the entirety of the shopify data set yeah and that's one of the other big unlocks you get
0: by building a custom data warehouse And they have a new segments that I think it's called Shopify segments, but it's fairly new. But the new segments API where, again, you'll get access to different cohorts. So think Shopify audiences type of segments. So you'll potentially get the ability to sync that into your warehouse as well.
1: Yeah. And Shopify is always evolving their analytics offering like on the front end, too. So that is good on that end. And then like you listed all those tables here, you really get
0: the entirety of it by connecting this way. Yep. Okay. And this is point and click. It's not technical. Again, if you're listening, not looking, sounds more technical. You're just ticking a couple of boxes here and saying connect.
1: Yeah. It, it's uh, remarkably straightforward. And I mean, I landed on these tools because I am a um, very proficient in SQL, but I was not able to write API calls. And so once this tool showed up, I was like, wow, I can really do a lot more than I had previously thought um, utilizing these. And I think there's definitely some conversations in the data world if like this is the right way to do it. I think some people would say it's not. However, I've gotten reliable data consistently for the last like five years. And yeah, and I think maybe like there's some cases to be made otherwise, but in terms of like getting reliable and accurate data, I've had no issues. So that's just my
0: experience. Cool, what do we got next?
1: Data manipulation. So here you can see on the bottom left, and if you're listening, essentially it's just a table of Shopify data that has now shown up in your warehouse through Stitch. And within BigQuery, you can start to write SQL logic, you know, your basic select statements. There is some element of deduplication you might have to do with some of these data sources. That's probably the most technical thing you'll have to deal with if you're setting this up by yourself. So Facebook, for example, has a 31-day attribution window, or maybe it's only seven days. It depends how you set it up. So what that means is your data is going to pull seven days of data every single time. So you're going to want to make sure you pull only the most recent instance of those seven days. Otherwise, you get duplicated data. So that's probably the most technical thing you'll have to deal with SQL-wise. But there are also ways you can set up the data transfer for Shopify specifically to not deal with stuff like that. So there's ways around it, but you do kind of generally want to get the last seven days of data at a time because sometimes you're, you know, if you're looking at like your shipping stuff, it takes time for orders to be shipped and then those data tables will change. So... That's probably the most complicated thing you'll deal with as it relates to the SQL stuff. But it depends on your, yeah.
0: Can you translate that? So if you are a business owner listening or someone non-technical, because everything you were just going through is for someone that's fairly technical and going through the setup and thinking through that. But with a seven day versus 30 day, or just, are there any tips you can share for, again, the the business end user that maybe won't be in the weeds here? What could they take away when they are going through this process of okay, what do I want to get out of my data warehouse?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. And um, essentially, the reason why you would want to um, have this conversation about how much data is being replicated each day, it has to do with, are you shipping out data? And after four days or three days, your order has now changed from processing to completed. That's something that you might want to recognize in your data warehouse. So in order to recognize that, you need to pull multiple days of data at a time in order to capture that. The same thing happens on Facebook. Let's say someone clicks on an ad and they convert six days later. Based on a lot of attribution models, people are going to say, hey, like that person counts as being converted because we're saying there's a seven-day window by which if you click the ad, you're counted as a purchaser if you add buy within that seven-day window. So yeah, it does... Tend to get fairly technical, but it ultimately comes down to how you want to look at your data, and it gives you more flexibility by having these
0: conversations. Got it.
1: Yeah. Any questions on the data manipulation element?
0: I don't think so. Again, if you're just listening, there are there's a video here, so you can see a little bit more of the the technical details here. But no, I think we're good. What's after the manipulation aspect?
1: So now you're ready to visualize the data. Like I said, we use Connected Sheets, uh, which is just Google Sheets, and essentially it looks like a pivot table, but If you're looking at the video here, you can see there's a little refresh button. Um, And now your pivot tables, if you click refresh and you can set it to do it automatically every day, it's now gonna refresh your pivot table to access the most fresh data from Shopify by itself. And in the morning, if all goes according to plan, then there it is. Your fresh data from yesterday has been updated. That's kind of like the basic overview. There's all kinds of functionality you unlock in Google Sheets by using this connected functionality. I really like working in Google Sheets. When someone introduced me to connected Google Sheets, I was like adamant that I stay with Tableau. And Tableau is a great tool. But really, what it comes down to is cut it. Like a lot of people were pulling data out of a system like Tableau, they were pasting it into Google Sheets and they're analyzing the data in Google Sheets. A lot of people like to do their own analysis in Google Sheets or in Excel. By connecting from the warehouse to Google Sheets, you really eliminate any of that need to pull the data, copy,
0: paste it. And it really makes the process a lot more seamless, I've found. Even you again, the end user, someone who's utilizing this visualization in Google Sheets, you found that many, they want to go in and some like tinker with the data and try to do some of their own digging and analysis.
1: Yeah, 100%. So I'll have the basic overview. I'll we'll say, hey, there was this amount of revenue per month in the last 12 months and then i'll see on the side there's like work that's been done by various users that's like hey what is our average sales over the course of those 12 months per month and that's a pretty basic function that most people will be able to do on their own so i see people are doing work on the side to kind of extrapolate insights from the initial
0: model that i've set up for them okay can i go through a scenario here yeah in the visualization side okay let's go back to that sample again i'm a a brand that you're working with and one of the questions that i want to answer hey i want to know how people who buy samples as their first order versus going full and in the full product how they that segment or cohort performs over time you've gone through the process and you've configured our, my warehouse and have everything syncing and everything you just walk through in this three step process is, is set up perfectly again i'm the end user i'm looking at my dashboard and doing this analysis on the the sample but i have a question i say you know what gabriel i actually want to compare these two segments versus i also sell subscriptions so can i look at somebody who ordered a subscription as their first order versus a one time how quickly could i expect that answer to come back if I've done this work and investment in getting this whole warehouse set up.
1: Yeah. So if the subscription reporting has already been set up, it could take a matter of 20 minutes, 10 minutes. Really, you just need to take one report in Google Sheet, copy and paste that into the other one. And now you have it all in one view. If that subscription report hadn't been set up already, then you're going to have to set it up. And then you're going back into the warehouse and you're going to need to set up a view that says, hey, let's get a customer segment of subscription customers." So over time, the speed at which you can generate insights increases rapidly as you set up more of these reports. Initially, there's definitely some investment of time to set them up. But once they're set up, the speed at which you can generate them, like I just said, is, gets a lot quicker over time. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So in, in the like most that they're just listening, may not be looking at the video, that question could be answered. You'd go back into your data warehouse, so back into BigQuery, and create a new view so it'd be a new table and that table is basically just filtering looking at I just want to see a bunch of data on subscriptions and people who buy subscriptions versus don't buy subscriptions and how you know their performance over the last x number of days Exactly. That syncs to another tab in Google Sheets or maybe a different Google Sheet. And that, again, the Google Sheet is connected to that view in BigQuery. And then that refresh and the automation is is already happening. So the more questions that I answer as a business user, the more questions I'm asking over time, I could have five, we're asking 10 different scenarios that I just outlined or similar to what I just outlined. I'd have 10 different unique views created. BigQuery with the SQL written and then they just... Essentially, they're mapped to an individual Google Sheet tab where, again, I gonna have all those answers visualized for me.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. And the nice thing is that you have the ability to work with the great analysts on our team that can kind of do this for you. So you almost don't have to think about it unless you want to think about it. And you can just ask the question as customized as you want and get the end output and not think twice about any of the stuff we're talking about. But for people that are interested in setting it up themselves or have the technical ability or interest to go through this stuff, then yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly what's going on behind the scenes.
0: Yeah. Do you find that the brands that you've worked with over your career, does everyone know exactly the questions that they're trying to answer? Or do you get questions coming back to you like, hey, what should we be looking at? What do you think would be a good report or a good set of visualizations for us to monitor?
1: Yeah, I think it depends. I've worked with some like seasoned marketing professionals that I would say they know the questions they like to ask. And then I've also worked with some newer brands that are just launching their direct consumer store and they need help with that. So it depends. It's definitely a conversation. I kind of view this role of like GLF analytics and as an analyst, the analogy I like to use is a little bit like a point guard in basketball. I feel like we're kind of dishing out the assists. We're kind of providing all the circumstances for people to be
0: successful. Got it. Any other visuals that you want to go through? Did you want to pull a big query at all? Yeah, I think
1: we're going to pull a big query and kind of go through an example and I'll try to talk over it the best I can. So those that are just listening can understand what we're doing over here. Okay. So... What we have over here is an instance of BigQuery where if you had set up all the tools with Stitch, the data is flowing by itself. You don't really have to worry about the data getting from its original source to here. And then this is what a table looks like. So you can see, or you can listen to me talk over it. This table has some columns. It has total paid, which is your revenue. It has the date of the order. It has a customer ID, uh, an order ID, and then it has customer type being whether you're a new customer or returning customer. The sample analysis that I thought would be nice to go over is over here, I have a couple questions listed out. How much sales did we drive in April of 2022? How much of the sales were from new customers versus returning customers? And then how many customers were making their third order or higher in April of 2022? So someone like myself gets those questions and then I go back into the warehouse and I say, okay, how can we make that happen? With a little bit of SQL code, here's one SQL query that I wrote. So if you open up a little new tab over here and you would typically write it out, but I have it copy pasted for a speed. Essentially, I wrote out a SQL query that's gonna give us the total uh, revenue split by new customers, first returning customers for a very specific time frame. You hit run, and then you'll see or you'll know that this has now outputted a result that says the new customers drove $204,000 and the returning customers drove $103,000 in April of 2022. If you take this little query that we wrote, you can save the view. We'll save it into our BigQuery instance and we'll say April 22 sales. Data. So now we have this table. It's a view. A view is kind of uh, interchangeable with, with table. It's like a quicker version of a view. Yeah. It's now easily accessible in Google Sheets. So what you can then do is you go to Google Sheets. This is the end output which we're trying to get to. So if we go over here in Google Sheets, there's at the very top bar there's this option called Data. You can go Data Connectors connect to BigQuery, and then you're connecting directly to your data warehouse as I was sharing before. And if you go into the table we just created, which is April 2022 sales data, you hit connect, and then there you go. You have your table, which looks exactly as we saw in BigQuery. It shows the new customer revenue of 204,000, the returning customer revenue of 103,000. And then you have all these options of how you can visualize this data for the end user. In this case, we'll just do a simple pivot table. And then here, you'll recognize like a pivot table, similar that you would do in a regular Excel or in any Google Sheets. You just have to put your values, your rows, your columns, your filters. Here, we'll put in the row column, we'll put customer type. In the values column, we'll put revenue. You hit apply. And then now you have your data. Nice. You can format the data very easily. You can put the currency type. You can center it. You can give it colors. So yeah, that's the first question someone asked. hey, what's the new customer versus returning customer revenue for April of 2022? The final step is there's a couple other questions we could answer. I think maybe we'll just keep it basic for now. We can go into more detail if, if it'll be helpful, but you take these pivot tables and you can now paste them directly into the Google Slides presentation. So now you have your table, it shows new customer, returning customer, and that's kind of way that you can get to your final output into a presentation that's really nice and you can share with all of your stakeholders. Yeah. And again, these are all automated. So if you were to set up a report that said, what's the revenue for March of 2023, you can set it up in advance. So when that happens, it will all pre-populate. And what I've found is that a lot of people end up asking me to like set up their weekly meeting notes that have the reports that they want to share on their weekly meeting. I'll set it up into Google Slides and they don't have to do any work between the weekly meetings. They'll just have those reports accessible and they can have the meetings and just talk over the insights rather than spend any time
0: building those reports. Yeah. Anybody listening, does that sound amazing to you? So spending almost zero time on having to pull data for recurring meetings for your scorecard review. Raise of hands. Okay, I can see everybody raising their hands. That's what I like to do for fun, by the way. (laughs) Well, this is awesome. And uh, in terms of a skill set that somebody can learn, obviously I come from the data side and over the past gosh, 10 plus years, it seems so many analysts went really deep on Google Tag Manager and the complexity of tracking and learning JavaScript and really learning how to extract essentially behavior from websites and push that into GA or, or other marketing channels that want that data. But now I feel like the new skill set for the technical marketer is it SQL, someone could pick one skill to help take advantage of what you're just demonstrating here, what would it be?
1: Yeah, I really think um, the sequel part is really nice. And I think it's a bonus. I do think you can get by without the sequel And you can really just be a Google Sheets expert because there are ways that you can get the data into Google Sheets like we just talked about. Yeah, um, And that's super useful. But if you can be really proficient in Google Sheets to um, manipulate the data make reports and draw insights from the reports. That's something that I see at a lot of companies. I kind of, as through my business, I'm helping train people to do that, and it's making them better at their job. So I think it's learning how to work with data in a reporting interface, whether that be Google Sheets yeah. or Tableau or Metabase. I think that's probably the skill set that a lot of people could really benefit from in any role in an e-commerce business or really in any business, Like just yeah. figuring out how to draw insights and make decisions from it.
0: Yeah, well said. Last question for you. What would be if you could just snap your fingers and enable some magical data properties or any piece of data that you'd love to be able to blend with your Shopify data sets or any of your other marketing data sets. Yeah. What would you love to append to your existing data sets that you just struggled to get today?
1: Well, the answer that comes to my mind is Amazon. Amazon in the last couple years, they have this reported interface where they don't have the ability to have your actual information. So you can't connect the Amazon data to the Shopify data to see like, hey, did this customer come into Shopify first or Amazon first? So if I had a magic wand, I would love to get the Amazon data a little more detailed where we can connect those two data sets and really start to make sense of both Environments. Omni channel is the word everyone's using now. You know, people are on, they have their website, they have their Amazon store, they have a little bit of a retail presence, but it's for the online stuff, the Amazon stuff and the Shopify stuff are both so important. And right now, there isn't a great way to connect those two data sources.
0: Yeah, it's a good one. What about on site behavior? I, I lied. I said I had one question, but another one. Are you doing anything with on site behavior? So looking at funnels on site, like add to cart by channel or sessions the email or SMS signups and then tracking the subscription or conversion rate from email SMS signups to purchase, anything like that? Or is it primarily post-purchase analysis?
1: I do a good amount of analysis based on Google Analytics data. There's a lot of interesting stuff you can do on the acquisition side as you're collecting people's email addresses and trying to figure out where they're coming from um, and the funnel. So yeah, I, I do do a lot of stuff in there. I think that the fact that you can't necessarily always tie those people to the purchaser, you know, that kind of leaves a little bit of a gap. But um, they definitely do a lot of stuff with the funnel analysis. And it's super important to kind of focus on the acquisition side and the retention side. I don't think one is more important than the other. It kind of depends on the
0: stage of your business, I think. Yeah. And where you're focusing most of your efforts on. So that the gap you were saying the break is I click on a Facebook ad come to the site. I enter my email into an attentive pop up. I continue to do my thing. I come back tomorrow, place an order. Maybe I'm clicking through a, I don't know, Clavio email or something like that. What you're saying is the breakage is being able to connect that order back to the person that signed up for an email through the Facebook campaign. Did I hear you correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, you might be able to connect that user to like their last click, but you might not be able to get or maybe you get their first click, <laughs> yeah. but you might not get every single click. And then you have the post-purchase survey and you ask that customer how they heard about you. And then it doesn't match with what it, yeah. the other things are saying. So yeah, I mean, that's just at this point becoming the age-old question of attribution. And it's it's a challenge, but I think if you really can get all your data sources yeah. in one place, then you have a couple different stories. And a lot of times they will kind of all come together and you can start to make sense of it but it's easier said than done and that's kind of <laughs> what everyone's trying to figure
0: out yeah awesome well uh this is actually a first for us we haven't done like the split video and, and audio we've we've done a couple other not this podcast but other visuals so i'm excited to uh, share this obviously data warehousing ga4 BigQuery is a hot topic inside of elevar so i'm excited for customers to learn from this Thanks for coming on, Gabriel. Where can people get in touch with you?
1: GLFanalytics.com or they can kind of access me on LinkedIn, Gabriel Freeman, get in touch. I don't know if it comes out through my voice, but I love talking about this stuff and geeking out over it. So you don't have to hire me to like pick my brain.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think, are you in our GA4 Slack group?
1: Yeah, I'm in that Slack okay. group and I'm on a couple other like Slack communities now that are popping up. They're great. Nice.
0: Well, I'll cut the BigQuery part and I'll put this in our BigQuery channel. And uh, you'll probably get some people tagging you for uh, some questions there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. I hope this was helpful to anyone listening and I hope it makes sense from my brain to your brain. All right. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, we release two new episodes per week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar, that's E-L-E-V-A-R, or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again.